Our God is with you. And also with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Shepherds went in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Once they saw, they reported what had been told them concerning this child. All who heard of it were astonished at the report given them by the shepherds. Mary treasured all these things and reflected on them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as they had been told. When the eighth day arrived for the child's circumcision, the name Jesus was given him, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. The good news of salvation. Praise Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning. Good morning. Let me put this up. Um, I hope you can hear me. Yes. Thank you. According to some historians, Mary of Nazareth was born in 18 before the era of Christ, during the Herodian kingdom of Judea. We sometimes think of it as Mary being born just shortly before Christ. And that's true. Because if we establish that Jesus was born around 6 or 4 BC, before the era of Christ, then we can estimate that Mary was somewhere between 12 and 14, a young girl in our eyesight. That's the age that we read the story in the Bible. Mary was, according to scripture, born to a childless couple who prayed and prayed fervently for a child. And then we're told that Mary grew in a temple, within the temple. So somewhere around the age of two or three, we don't know why her parents had her put into a temple. But we do learn that Mary, Anna and Joachim, or Joachim, as we call him, might have died somewhere in there. We don't know. We don't know this history. But we do know one thing. Betrothal. Betrothal. That's a hard word for me. (laughs) Betrothal was typical for young women in the ancient times. And when they put Miriam into the temple, we expected that she would have a chosen mate, Joshua, who later became Joseph in our language. Something, however, went wrong with perfect plans, yet we know that the plans went even better because love entered the picture. Being a, I don't know if I'm a pragmatist or if I'm a literalist or I'm something that made me a teacher, but Throughout my life, I taught, and I always looked behind the picture. And I've continued to do that all my life. And it caused some problems for me, but it brought me great joy also. 
because I often think about these ancient times and I recognize that the blanks in what we know because of history isn't that important. Knowing what I've learned instead in glimpses, just minute glimpses sometimes, that form my personal understanding was more important for me. In order to speak today, I have asked friends their own understanding of Mary and have listened to very different deep emotions, sometimes the emotional direct opposite of what I hold. I often consider ancient times, and I realize how much we project our modern concepts in place of thinking back to what life was then, and I tend to do that. Maybe like some of you, however, this way of being this way of being has led not quite to adhere to what I feel are somewhat illusory images that the church doctrines proclaim for us. For example, doctrines such as Mary, who was immaculate conceived, that's hard for me to conceive, and or a woman who remained a virgin all her life, that's hard for me to conceive, because she married. She maintained a good relationship with her husband because it was a lifetime thing for her and with marriage and with motherhood. I have been independent, an independent, voracious reader who harbors deep uncertainties about what I am told I must believe. I blame the Jesuits because I was educated. <laughs> and they, they told me that it was okay to doubt, and as long as we studied that doubt. But anyway, when I hear that a 12 to 14 year old girl was the age to be married, I realize that it's not the same 12 year old that we know today. It's a different 12 year old than modern days. So I have to adjust my picture of that child. Mary was already educated. She was ready for marriage at that age because that's the age they married in those days. But a miracle happened to Mary. It did happen. And when Joseph loved Mary enough to break a set of rules that he had lived by, in an era for someone in a pregnant condition, he chose Mary to live quiet, to marry quietly, and that was a miracle. To me, that was miraculous. God in him gave him a tremendous love and care for another human being. That's what was so important. I, through my own lens, find hard to understand that these two people faced in an act that even today in Middle Eastern countries harbors serious and horrible consequences for the situation they faced. And yet, they faced it. It is difficult for us to understand. Would we be able to face some things like that? without fear and trepidation. 
What is presented to beavers, to believers, to us, sometimes is so wrapped by the church in spirituality and spirit-binding stories persuade us that it removes that awesome flesh and spirit unity possibility. <clears throat> it needs to emphasize the godliness of the act. That's okay. Possibly ends to teach the world what I hear and see as small human actions magnified. We read today, or you heard today in Galatians 4, where, as I found it, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. The law of natural humanity. We are the part of that natural law. I read that simple passage to mean that to be human can be spiritual. This simple sentence introduces a woman's natural act of childbirth. That very moment we hear that sentence, we know she had a natural act of childbirth, in my view. And we honor her. <coughs> we sit here at the solemnity of the motherhood of Mary. My understanding of Mary's saintliness, even today, leaves room for her humanity without leaving her less a saint. All mothers who are able to trust that, even in the worst circumstances, giving birth to your first child is a blessed, fearsome event where they place trust, where we place trust in God. I grew up knowing Mary intimately as a real person in my life, <clears throat> excuse me, because I am a Latina. And we Latinos ball out our holy ones sometimes. My background frames my view of the world, the Bible and the stories I look behind, as well as the tremendous love I have for this young, young woman, <coughs> Mary of Nazareth. I'm trying to keep from crying because I cry a lot. <laughs> I see Mary <coughs> as a living, ordinary woman who has accompanied, accompanied us all our lives. I see her as a woman who, like so many of us, had sorrows, but she also had laughter and joy. We may not know much about this or that specific event, but we know one thing. She is an extraordinary person who raised an extraordinary son. And we understand love or lack of love even today. Do I believe that? Of course I do because I'm standing here today in front of you. We feel directly con connected to Mary. That's the word, connection. What a wonderful word. Connection is so important in our humanity, allowing flesh and spirit together as one. Cole would prove to us that connection is so important, and it continues to prove that to us today. And the Mary I know, the Mary you know, the Mary we know, allowed flesh and spirit to exist together. She brought flesh and spirit together in the birth of the, her child Jesus through her own belief and through the life she modeled. It's our focus that matters. 
words to express the life of Mary can differ, and being the <coughs> that we are humans in this era, we will express all that has come about differently. We each have our own story about life. We can dwell on a universe that causes suffering. The evils that occur now haven't seemed to change since the time of the past. We can be cognizant of them more quickly through internet. We can become part of that turmoil and in our life, and then something happens. A baby cries. A child holds up a Christmas gift in front of you excitedly in the midst of us serious, dark conversations, and we realize connectedness. We're connected to that child. And we know that lack of connectedness is harming the world today. <clears throat> I look around our world, so damaging to women, as it was in Mary's day, and I wonder how she could have been, had been so brave, so courageous, so willing to say yes to God, in spite of her fears and trepidations, in spite of knowing she would create great scandal through her pregnancy, she trusted God and God would lead her through all shame and scandal. I don't need to understand where I gained compassion. I don't need to understand where compassion came from when I have an example of how one man who loved God understood that paradox and that he faced and protected the life of this young woman, Mary. My readings allow me to understand arranged marriages, which is what they had. And I understand they can be good relationships and even are still part of our own culture. Parents like Joseph and Mary were in an arranged marriage. But marriages had true connection. Mary lived a normal life among people that she loved, her children, participated in life's necessities, things that I can understand. Things like waiting safely for her child, especially if, they got, if he got lost. I can understand the panic she went through, the moments that I have lived. I understand and relief she must have felt, the relief she must have felt when she saw him speaking calmly to those around him, sharing what she must have taught him at her feet. Connecting flesh and spirit, that's what Mary did for us. And that's what she, Jesus did to authority. We know Mary had close friends because though she lived quietly in a male-dominated society, she attended her friends' weddings. And along with her son, she performed miracles, human miracles, spiritual miracles. John 2, 1 through 11 mentions a, remem <coughs> a remembrance, but I think he exaggerated. When John recounted the story in his old age, as we do get older, we recount our stories, he might have exaggerated. Here, we witness a deep connection, however, between a mother and a son. 
And though he, she felt comfortable asking her child to help out at a wedding, we know that though he was busy enjoying the party like men do, <laughs> not ready to begin his public ministry, <clears throat> he loved his mother so much that he did what she asked. She was very loving. As I reflect on these confusions regarding ancient Mary's life, continues to grow and my trust grows in humanity. I do not resolve my multiple quasi-understandings. I'm reinforced by her love as a connector, as a conductor. That's what I see Mary as. One who establishes communications between flesh and spirit, between God and humanity. A person we love who conducts us toward the love of God we share with each breath. In our too disconnected era, Mary, our mother, brings humanity together to form a new and a longer whole, a completeness. Mary is the anchor who centers us so that we recognize God's acceptance of us. She has brought flesh and spirit together, and she's taken us where we can find it.